0: welcome to simple kicking the show by special teams for special teams simple kicking provides football's latest special teams news insights and interviews with kickers coaches recruiters and agents to give players the best chance of success on their career path and now your host former division one kicker for lsu and rice university james harrison this is a really amazing opportunity to be in carlsbad california simple kicking is on the road safely on the ground here on the west coast i'm in a bat cave i'm in a lair i'm in a really special place that very few know but will eventually be many who will know i am at the carney training facility run by john carney himself welcome to the show james thanks for having me on here. You know you've you've had a Super Bowl interviews, media days with New Orleans Saints, Giants. You're an author of an illustrious NFL career, and here you are with little simple kicking. Little no, it's big simple kicking, <laughs> big <laughs> app check out the app. Yeah, we got a little app out there. We almost have a thousand users. Pretty exciting. But what's got my chili hot, as we say in the South, is being here at this place. So in this podcast, if you don't know who John Carney is, it is my goal for you to know about his career and about this amazing facility that we're at here in Carlsbad, California. So John, let's go ahead and get started with the story. John Carney, the kicker.
1: Thanks, James. Uh, the story. Uh, you know, I was a soccer player like many young kickers. Uh, that was my passion. Uh, aside from playing the trumpet, my other passion. Um, went to a high school that uh, did not have a band, so that took care, the tr- ter- took care of my trumpet career. Uh, and we uh, had a phenomenal soccer. I'm sorry. Well, soccer program is pretty good, but phenomenal football program uh, headed by Coach Sam Bunick, who is now in the uh, Florida High School Hall of Fame. Phenomenal uh, ke- uh, football coach uh, in the state of Florida and it was a rite of passage for the young men at our school, Cardinal Newman High School in West Palm Beach, to go through the football program and really he took boys to men. And so uh, I, I joined the football team thinking I was a receiver and uh, after getting a few splinters on the bench decided uh, maybe I should kick the ball. Uh, I can do I can kick a soccer ball. So that's how I got on the field as a kicker and punter in high school. Never thought it would go past there. Thought maybe I'd play soccer in college but Notre Dame came knocking uh, first for a phenomenal running back. We had Alonzo Jefferson, who went on to Notre Dame uh, and just an amazing athlete. And uh, I got the ride to Notre Dame on his coattails as a preferred walk-on and just had a great experience at Notre Dame. Love the school. Go, Have a, ir- go Irish. Go Irish. Have a son <laughs> and daughter there now. Son's a quarterback on the football team, uh, J.D. Carney. And my daughter starting his, her junior year there. Very proud of both of them. Uh, and then at some time, at some point uh, throughout my college career, someone said, "Hey, this kid could play on Sunday." So I said, "Okay, well, let's try to make that a goal of mine." And uh, that didn't happen overnight. In fact, it took three and a half years before a team decided to put me on their roster as a full time kicker, not their part time or emergency or camp kicker. And that that team was the San Diego Chargers. And so uh, they gave me my opportunity uh, to hang out for more than a game or two, and uh, Loved playing for the San Diego Chargers, played for them for 11 years, went down to play in New Orleans Orleans for six years, and then uh, filled in for some guys that were hurt, guys underperforming, ended up back in New Orleans for their Super Bowl year, um, right after I spent a year with the Giants, which was a phenomenal experience. Go G-Men. Go G-Men. And uh, got to experience uh, (laughs) New Orleans, you know, one of those teams that some people think hey, this team's never going to win a, a championship. And uh, we pulled it off. Drew Brees and company. Uh, amazing run we had in 2009 to tap, you know, cap it off with the Super Bowl victory against the Indianapolis Colts and um, kind of ease into retirement. Uh, Had a good group of NFL guys, including my good friend, uh, one of my best friends, Steve Weatherford, uh, also a phenomenal NFL punter, um, won a Super Bowl with the Giants, uh, was one of the best players that day on the field as a punter, and uh, we had a good group of guys training with us every offseason out here in California, and that training took place in my garage and the hills of Encinitas. And uh, easing into retirement, I brought all that equipment out of the garage to save my wife the hassle. And we moved into a warehouse and created CTF, Kearney Training Facility, skill-specific training for kickers, punters,
0: and long snappers at the high school, college, and pro level. That's really cool. There's a lot of nuggets of wisdom here. And the, the brilliance of John Carney really starts in your grit. I mean, this gym is all about faith, family, and football. But this is about hard work. And it starts from the top. I mean, yesterday, you were running stairs with us young guys. We're half your age. And you're like, you got to get under 10 seconds up like three flight of stairs. And I'm sitting here saying, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee.
1: <laughs> I can't let this old guy beat me. Uh, It is about grit. And I I have not experienced, not only in the kicking world or punting world, uh, but in the professional sports world and players that I've had an opportunity to play with in the NFL, a player that spent more than, I'll say, eight years in the NFL that did not have a phenomenal work ethic, a plan, a system, uh, a strength and conditioning program that he stuck to uh, by the letter but allowed uh, um, the the program to evolve right. uh, and continue to meet his needs, or her needs for that matter. So. Uh that's what we do here. Um, we teach uh, kids, again, uh, ages, high school, college, or pro, the other side of kicking and punting, which is strength and conditioning. That's such an integral part of the formula of success. And so many guys get it wrong because they have the wrong information, the wrong coaching, uh, or, or just they're naive to the fact that this is a part of the of the system that's going to get them to the level they need to be at and keep them at that level at different age levels or at age
0: age uh, eras, the 20s, the 30s, mm. into your 40s. And you're a guy over 40. And what's so interesting about you is you defied statistics. You defied the record books. You were a pro bowler at 44. My dad was a receding hairline dad that was driving a minivan for four kids soccer practice on saturday and you were hanging out with guys half your age and you were outperforming them league-wide so that's why i bring up this very very important point the nfl really does stand for not for long and you were there for long and so we interviewed tyler brown who's randy brown's son the special teams uh coach at the University of Michigan. And we talked then about the difference between getting a job in the NFL versus keeping a job. What's the difference between getting a job and keeping it?
1: Well, uh, they're both tough. Um, We put a lot of work into getting the job and the young kicker punter or any position for that matter feels like, hey, once I break through that tape and I'm on that active roster, I've made it, I'm good and as long as I kind of maintain, I'll hang out here for a long time.
0: And are you saying like practice tape, preseason tape? What kind of tape are you talking about?
1: Oh, I mean like the, the tape as if you're fi- you're going across the finish line oh, tape. It. Like I finally broke through the wall got it. of tryouts and combines and workouts, and now my name's on the active roster. Okay. So um, that is certainly a big feat, no pun intended, But <laughs> uh, but once you make it, and this is, I explained this to my young kickers and punters and long snappers. There's the word consistency. And then there's NFL consistency, which are, are two different things. It's not just about being consistent on game day. That's a given. It's about every time you step on that practice field with your NFL team, you appear to be and perform like an NFL player at an NFL level. Does that mean every day, every Wednesday practice, Thursday, Friday practice, that you're going to feel good, that you're not going to have the flu, that you're not going to be tired from the previous day's workout, that you you stayed up a couple nights because it was Thanksgiving or family was in town and you need to entertain them Thursday night, whatever the case may be. You have to prove it. Day in and day out, you are an NFL player, and that's a consistency teams are looking for. And uh, to, to be more specific, we go into having A days and B days or an A ball and a B ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not always as a player going to have your A game. You better have a B game to shift down to uh, and still perform at an adequate level and at an acceptable level. For that NFL team, your the management, the coaches, and your teammates. And if they see you slip up and you have several days in a row where you're starting to go south, they will make some phone calls. And like you said, it won't
0: be for long. That's right. So A Alpha B Bravo C Carney. You can reach you can reach John at Carney Kicking on Instagram or at Carney Coaching on Twitter. Again, this is John Carney. You can reach him also on the web at carneycoaching.com so you bring up a really really interesting point in your career how did you self regulate from those bad days maybe those b days to get you up to a b plus a minus how did your what happened is there a story where you had a a kick in in a in a game where you crossed that threshold or what worked for you
1: Well, we have to know ourselves as a kicker and punter, and I've been going through this with uh, several of our guys that actually would be competing in a combine uh, for NFL teams within a week. You have to know what makes your tick. You have to know your assets and your liabilities. You want to make sure coaches and management always see your assets. And you're always working on your liabilities. Whatever weak link you have in that chain, you're always strengthening that leak, and you do not let that those coaches management know that that link exists. And eventually, you will strengthen that link to the point where you do not have any liabilities. That everything's a strength. Some are you know some assets that you have are stronger than others, but there's no weak link that can really sink you or sink your performance. Um, that being said, uh, we have our our, our swing thoughts, we have our, our goals and what we want to do with the ball on a daily basis. Five months of football starting in late July going through January, hopefully ending in a Super Bowl run uh, in early February, that's a long time to have your A game. It's unrealistic that every day you step on that field, you, you will have your A game. So you find a way to get the job done when that A game doesn't exist that day, for whatever reason that is, you can downshift and I can still make field goals. They may not be the f- most uh, phenomenal field goal in the world. It may not be a field goal that you want to put out on Instagram, but it gets the job done. It may not be the best punt in the world. It may not be a 5 5-0, 50-yard punt, but it may be a 4-7 on the sideline that works or I'm turning balls over at 44 yards and no one's hitting the panic button you still look and appear and perform like an NFL player. And that's the way you last a long time. And of course, keeping yourself healthy, being smart uh, on and off the field. Uh, I gave up snow skiing. I gave up, uh, you know, motorcycling. I gave up a number of activities on the, on the outside to keep myself healthy on the uh, on the inside the football lines. Um, you know, a lot of guys shorten their careers because uh, they're a little too high risk uh, in the Uh, in their off-season activities um, or they're just not wise enough in their strength and conditioning. They don't take care of their bodies. Um, They're doing exercises that are more apt for a linebacker than necessarily a kicker or punter. Um, And they're just not paying attention to or listening to their bodies. And uh, as we get older, uh, so you look at Anna Vinatieri or Jason Hansen or myself, uh, you get into your 40s, your strength and conditioning program is not what it looked like in your 20s. You are adjusting that workout, you're going less weight, more reps, you're saving your joints. Uh, Flexibility becomes very important because that tries to disappear on you overnight. So you got to keep up with your flexibility. And most importantly, your recovery time really slows down. So you have to move all your workouts up maybe a day or two because you just don't bounce back and recover as fast. You'll recover eventually, but you start to focus now more on recovery techniques, uh, whether it's sleep, food, uh, ice tubs, compression, and you start to discover all these new types of recovery techniques to keep yourself recovering and to focus on I'm training and I'm making sure everything's dialed and calculated in to be 100% on Sunday.
0: It's fair. It's something like we heard from Tiger Woods after his 2019 Masters victory. I mean, he was waking up at 3, 4 a.m. just to get his body ready to hit the golf ball. You had to move up your workout schedule a full 24 hours just so that you're ready on, the game, on game day. And so you really had a self-awareness. And one word that comes to mind for me is in your career, you had the ability to orient and reorient yourself to stay in that consistent level. But the bottom line again is grit. I mean, you put yourself in a in a situation to be an elite athlete in your mid 40s and that's phenomenal. The names I think of, Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, Drew Brees. Drew Brees, he just he's just turned 41, 42, right? And so there's so much work ethic and you've got 16-year-olds listening to this podcast and this is like why you have a title mentor and coach now.
1: Well, again, if I I, I had a lot of guys that I followed, uh, mentors, coaches, uh, guys that I just looked up to and observed, you can learn a ton of things. If you just keep your mouth quiet and and shut and observe, Uh, if you ever have an opportunity to observe a a pro or very accomplished collegiate athlete, go to the game. Don't go to the game uh, and show up when they toss the coin get there an hour and a half early and watch those specialists go through their entire pregame warm-up, you're going to see them hit a lot more balls than you will during the course of the game. You'll get to see them go through their whole bag of tricks in pregame. Huge learning experience. And if I can pass along some of the tricks of the trade that I learned and share some of my experiences, both good and bad, and help young specialists get to the level of performance they want to get to and and live the dream possibly, then that's my goal.
0: You know, yesterday we were sitting over here in this couch. Again, this is John Carney, the Carney training facility in Carlsbad, California. We were talking about a, a decade ago, uh, over a decade ago, when you were at the New York Giants and Thomas McGahey was the spe- uh, assistant special teams coach. And I had the honor and the privilege to play for him at LSU. And, and you talked about how he was a guy who really absorbed and really listened and, and And learn from the players and at LSU he would tell us you know whatever you give away it makes you grow and I'll say it again because it's so important whatever you whatever you give away maybe it's your talent your wisdom your knowledge experience all the above you and you spread it out in the universe it comes back to you tenfold and I read a a pretty cool story about you with uh, Alindo Mare Alindo Mare and, and Garrett Hartley, and kind of that, like you said, you kind of eat earlier on in the podcast, you talked talk about how you eased into retirement. And there was a situation where you were really a player coach, a consultant coach in that season winning the Super Bowl. So much so that you won't take any credit for this. And that's why I'm bringing this up because this guy is the epitome of humility. If anybody remembers in that Super Bowl, was it opening the second half against the Indianapolis Colts? Thomas Morstead, an SMU alum, pony up he had an onside kick and i would argue maybe three months before that kick he didn't know how to do it <laughs> you'd argue that huh or so, maybe uh, a year or uh, whatever it was he did not know how to do that correct until i'm looking at the guy until. what's that story what was that feeling like
1: so 2009 <clears throat> The New Orleans States give me a call back right after I finished the season with the, the Giants, and, and at the Giants again, phenomenal experience. One of the best organizations I've played for. Great, you know, from top to bottom. Uh, really enjoyed my experience there. And growing up was my father's favorite team. Coming out of uh, New England, so the G-men. Uh, but I was filling in for Lawrence Tynes, Great kicker. Became very good friends with Lawrence. Got to kick with him a bunch during that season. Uh, and, and Lawrence went on to have a, f- uh, you know, came back the next year healthy and had a phenomenal season uh, the following season as well. Uh, so Saints called me up. Garrett Hartley is going to be suspended for four games. So they bring me in. You're going to be kicking for four games. I said, great. Uh, and I hadn't met Garrett up to that point. So kicked four games. Garrett comes back. Uh, Garrett and I strike up a great friendship and and kicking relationship. I actually end up kicking 11 games for Garrett. Uh, We plug in Garrett week 12. Uh, And Garrett was certainly way overdue and ready to go. And kicked, as we know phenomenally well, kicked us into the Super Bowl and, and set a Super Bowl record, three kicks over 40 yards in the Super Bowl. And everything was piped right down the
0: middle. Three kicks over 40 yards in the Super Bowl. Garrett, Hartman. right down the middle,
1: so um, uh, so uh towards the end of the season, we are now Garrett's kicking they're keeping me active, uh, but he's looking good, and so Sean Payton comes up to me, John, we want you to stay on the team, but we need to add a few guys to our roster going into the Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. We don't want you to leave. We know the chemistry with you, Garrett, and and Thomas Morstead being a rookie. I was mentoring and coaching and working with Thomas Morestead. Uh, we want you to stay. So we're gonna. We want to hold on to you as a kicking con- consultant. Um, and I was like, uh, you know, I still got gas in the tank. I still want to kick. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's week fourteen, and he goes, but we got to pass you through waivers. He goes, so there may be some teams that call you. So. Don't go!
0: So, <laughs> Don't uh, go, please! <laughs> so the Dallas
1: Cowboys call me. They're hey, gonna, uh,
0: John. This is uh, Jerry. This is got, Jerry. <laughs> they got uh, they got
1: some kicking issues there. So uh, and I know the coach Joe Camillus at the time, who's, who's legend, who's back down at uh, Jacksonville. I got to play for, for Joe at the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2007 uh, when Josh Scobie got hurt. And loved Joe Camillus, one of the best in the in the in the business. Calls me up. Hey, John, you ready to go? Now it's week 14, mm. and I'm like. Joe, if it was week 12, I'm in my car driving your way. It's week 14. I want to start what I finished here with the, with the Saints. I really believe in this team. I'm committed to the team and the specialists, and I'm, I'm going to stay put. And he's like, oh, okay, I understand. You know, Not real happy about it. But I thought, I thought there might be an issue in Dallas. I th- something was a little off with the kicking game later realized there was something off had to do with holding and a quarterback, and I won't mention who, but the holding wasn't up to par, and the kickers were having to adjust to that, and that was the issue and I knew I thought something was going on there. I didn't want to be thrown into that situation to get there, and all of a sudden, uh oh, we got issues with the operation here so in hindsight, I think I made the right decision. So I stay on as a kicking coach. Uh, the most bizarre thing is, I'm released on Monday. I come back Wednesday. I go from a player on Monday to a coach on Wednesday. <laughs> so did your locker room change from the player locker my room locker to the room coaches?
0: It's different.
1: <laughs> and this is kind of funny. I said this to my wife once. I, I made the mistake once of showering with the coaches. <laughs> and I almost threw up because I not not to be weird or anything but I went from showering with world class athletes to showering with a bunch of guys that look like Homer Simpson <laughs> I was like I'm not ever timing that shower again like that <laughs> I did get some new cool coaching clothes I did have to carry a stopwatch around my neck but uh, outside of that I just spent 24-7 with the kickers um I I continue to kick with them and hang out with them. We we watch film together. I continue to lift weights with them and then I would go to the coach's office at the end of the day and kind of recap what we did, how the guys looked, what we should do the next day where we're at and go over film, uh, as far as, Hey, we're playing in this stadium. This is what we want to do. Kickoff wise, punt wise, kind of get a game plan with the, with the special teams coaches and get, get, out of there before I got stuck there staying at 10 o'clock at night, like most of the, most of the coaching staff. But, uh, it was a real joy, uh, experiencing that side of things. Um, so December rolls around, and we're just messing around on the field one day. I believe our coach, Coach uh, McMahon, who's at LSU, LSU right Special now, Teams coordinator. Coach Mac, phenomenal guy, Greg McMahon. Love him to death. Uh, I think he said, Hey, let's work on some onside kicks. And I'm like, Hey, Thomas, try this. So it was an onside kick that
0: I saw Olindo Mare do years earlier. A little irony here: a, the the guy who replaced you from New Orleans, yes, right. So outgoing is John, incoming is Olindo. I think a draft pick was traded for this. So I'm setting this scene up, y'all, because this is the irony. This is the humility. Go on. So, so you learn this this from Olindo, and you're and, teaching and Thomas. And
1: there's even more I- irony because this is the year 2007. I'm now playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have a really good team this year, by the way. And we go up to play the Saints at New Orleans. So after playing there for six years straight, now I come in as an opposing player. This is post-Katrina. Post-Katrina. This is 2007. Katrina oh is 2005. Gosh. So I come in, and it's 2007. I'm with the Jaguars. Alindo Mari is now replacing me. He's playing with the Saints. And he hits that onside kick. So he hits the outside, spins it up high and to the left. It goes about 10 yards, kind of like spinning like a, a top and comes down about 11 yards. They recover. I'm like, wow, I haven't seen that before. I need to remember that. That's useful. That can be useful down the road. <laughs> so now it's 2009. I'm with the Saints and I'm like, hey, Thomas, let's try this kick. Outside, Outside panel, spin it to the left. Uh, the, what makes it so effective is that side of the return team, they see the kicker's leg go downfield, so they feel they can take off because the ball's not coming to them. Sure. The ball, the, the, the player's not turning his hips and, and giving it away. So that's what makes it so effective. And the approach looks exactly the same to them. So And th- they don't think anything's coming their direction unless the kicker really turns his hips and shoulders in that direction. So... Thomas picks this thing up like within four kicks. He figures it out. And uh, we put that in our back pocket. Now we're getting ready for the Super Bowl. Sean Payton comes with Greg McMahon, special teams coach, and says, I want another possession in the Super Bowl. Let's do a fake punt. If you've ever seen Thomas Morse said throw a ball, you'll understand why Greg McMahon said let's not do a fake punt. <laughs> <laughs> but we have this onside kick that Thomas has gotten pretty good at. So Sean Payton named it the ambush. 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 And Sean Payton had talked to the team and said we're going to run this, we're going to run this, we're going to run this. Not going to I don't know when, but we're going to run it. So sure enough, we go into the locker room at halftime and he turns to Thomas. Now remember halftime's over a half hour. It's a long time. Super Bowl halftime. Turns to Thomas Morrison and says, we're running the ambush to start the second half.
0: Now, at what point during that halftime did he say it? Was it beginning? Going into the locker room. Oh, so Thomas had 30 minutes to marinate with this idea. Yeah. Well, Thomas. <laughs> Sizzling on the grill. Let's just, let me just slow cook this idea. This is going to be the biggest moment of your life in the city of New Orleans. Depends on your right leg. In the form of an onside kick. Okay, that's a little bit more pressure cooked right there. (laughs) Very dramatic, James. Very dramatic. It's got to be. It's New
1: Orleans. (laughs) Who dat? Who dat
0: say? I mean, I played at LSU. (laughs) I know how these crazy Cajuns
1: are. Who dat? So uh, (laughs) he uh, communicates to Thomas we're running the ambush to open second half. So we walk into the locker room, and said proceeds to sit down in his locker and go into a coma. (laughs) so doesn't take now we're gonna everybody knows it's over 30 minutes the majority of the players during a halftime at Super Bowl take off their shoulder pads change their shirt eat food chill out Mm. relax Thomas has his helmet on his chin strap is buckled okay he's looking straight forward like a deer in headlights Greg McMahon the special teams coach is trying to talk with thomas and thomas is unresponsive unresponsive so mac comes to me and says is thomas okay so i go and sit down next to thomas real casually thomas you okay and he gives me just a faint nod and i go okay he's okay and i look at mac i'm like he's good we're fine <laughs> so 30 minutes rolls by we're getting up and this is something that thomas more said just re- reminded me, we just had the anniversary of the Super Bowl a year ago. We went down there. Phenomenal celebration of the Super Bowl uh, victory. By the way, they were playing the Colts that night, and we beat the Colts again. Uh, <laughs> so that, we- that week we were in town for the uh, the anniversary of the Super Bowl. Thomas reminded me of this, and I forgot about this. When we, when we would practice the kick, I would tell Thomas 10%, meaning 10% swing, hit 10% of the ball. Sure. So I knew Thomas was geeked up on adrenaline coming out of that locker room. He reminded me that I turned to Thomas to, and got his attention and said, Thomas, 1%. 1%. Because I didn't want him with all the adrenaline to kick it 20 yards down the field and, and waste the opportunity. I told him 1%. Hit 1% of the ball with a 1% swing. And, so he, and credit to Sean Payton. This is how far down the road Sean Payton prepares. And this is amazing that... His attention to detail is this good. We're leaving the locker room. Sean Payton gets everybody's attention. and says, we're starting the second half with the ambush. I don't want anybody on the sideline watching what's going on the field. I, you're talking to your coach. You're looking in the stands for your wife. Wow. You're drinking Gatorade. You're tying your shoe. I do not want anybody watching what's going on on the play. To tip it off. To tip it off. Sean Payton goes out. He whispers to the official, this is going to be an outside kick.
0: Which is, which is a gentleman, it's an unwritten rule, but to always let the referee know.
1: Right, because we don't want the referee calling someone offside right. and the whole deal. So, tips off the referee, it's going to be an outside kick. So, Morstead goes out and tells Pat McAfee his good friend who's kicking off and punting for the Colts. I'm smashing this ball through the uprights. Watch this kickoff. <laughs> this thing is going to be so far you won't even believe it. So Morseett now is is feeling his oats and he's like, "Okay, I'm playing along with the game now. I'm going to oh I'm going to I'm going to push this up." So said performs it perfectly. We actually could have got it extremely clean. We didn't. Ball bounces around a little bit. We come out with it and uh we go down and score, and it really was a big, big play. We, we we take the momentum into the second half, and we don't relinquish it,
0: and we come away with the the big win for the New Orleans Saints. And that is an epi- that uh, epitomizes humility and epitomizes what mentoring and coaching and what you give makes you grow. So this is John Carney of the Carney Training Facility. He was a 23-year NFL vet, and he's one of the only guys to really – kick over a span of four decades, which is incredible. The other amazing athlete who played into his 40s that I didn't mention after you talked about the Giants was another New York uh, New York Yankee, Mariana Rivera, right? I mean, this is the kind of you know athlete that, that you're in, in in that class. As we finish this podcast, we've got a couple minutes left. I'm looking in the room and I see names on the wall. I see Steve Weatherford, Shane Graham, Matt Bosher, Graham Gano. I see Blair Walsh, I think I see his name over here. I see Nick Novak, Matt Darr. Your wall is littered <laughs> littered this is this is n f l like hall not Hall of Fame but in our little kicking community, this is a big deal. You've got big names that you've had your hands and eyes on
1: very fortunate, very fortunate and uh you know we we, we really pride ourselves in in bringing guys to the next level, and if they're open to learning and open to and and have a motivation to put, as you mentioned earlier in the pro, in the podcast, grit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, becoming a champion and holding on to a job for a long period of time at a high level. You better have some grit somewhere in your personality. And uh, Tyler Newsom is a good friend. Tyler Newsom came out of Notre Dame, set all kinds of punting records. Tyler Newsom uh, will actually be here next week. He's trained here before and will be an NFL punter soon, very soon. Uh, he likes to call Carney Training Facility the grit factory. The grit factory. The grit factory. The grit factory. And, and it really is, but it's smart training. It's tough training, but it's skill specific training. And it's a, it's a, part of the equation that if you get it right for your style of kicking and punting, Uh, And what you want to do with your game, you can really open up some new doors for yourself.
0: That's really, really cool. Well, this is going to be the end of this podcast. We're going to have to do this again, Lee. You know, I'm going to come out to San Diego and we're going to have to do this again because there's too much wisdom that's left in the vault. And as we finish this off, I'm a high school kid and I'm listening to this podcast and I heard a lot about NFL. Um, I'm worried about recruiting. I'm worried about technique. Is Carney training facility for me? How can I get, is that? something as a high school long snapper punter or kicker that I can.
1: Absolutely. We train here year round. Okay. Uh, guys fly all the way. We've had guys from, uh, Australia, guys from Hawaii, um, uh, Canada, you name it. But we're here year round training every week, uh, college pro and high school. And we, uh, usually have satellite camps around the country. We've done camps in Rhode Island, Kansas city, New Orleans, Florida, Uh, And we had, uh, and I, we were going to try to hit Texas this year. Uh, We were shut down because of the COVID. Uh, We plan to do those in the future. Uh, We have some resources for kickers who cannot make it out to me. Uh, We can do evaluation uh, through film uh, and Zoom calls. Uh, We have a which I just handed you the the day, an instructional uh, DVD, which is also we can put that, send it to you electronically, kick, punt, train like a pro, Uh, kicking, punting, and training uh, techniques, drills, methods, uh, demonstrations, a, a lot a lot involved here with kick punt train like a pro and we also have an ebook that just came out last fall the ultimate kicker and punter strength program Uh, that has so much meat in it it'll take you a year to digest it but uh, what what's contained in that program? It's an ebook again, so you can download it onto your device, whether it's a an iPad or a phone. You can click click on every exercise and get a demonstration from that exercise. But we have three off-season workouts and two in-season workouts. Again, skill-specific for your kicking and your punting. If you don't know what you're doing in the weight room, if your strength coach doesn't know how to coach you, this is the resource you need. Are you going to do every exercise to the letter? Probably not, but you're going to add some exercises and know without the shadow of a doubt that NFL players do this stuff
0: and it works. That's really cool. Two names I didn't mention was uh, Nick Folk, who's one of my favorite kickers growing up. Nick is the man, great family guy, totally consistent, calm, cool, and collected. And then Young Wei Koo is another active NFL guy. Again, when I say littered, they're all Over the walls. This is John Carney again from the Carney Training Facility. You can find him on Instagram at Carney Kicking, on Twitter at Carney Coaching, and on the web, Carneycoaching.com. John, thank you so much. This was truly an honor and a pleasure. And really fun to be here. So thank you so much for letting me hang out. A little summer vacation for me, my wife, and, and my, little, my newborn. And this is just really, really cool and, and quite a blessing. Thank you so much, and God bless. James, my pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. If you enjoyed the content, join the community by subscribing to the Simple Kicking channel below. Or drop a like and maybe a comment. It would be really cool to hear from you. Also, you'll find Simple Kicking on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, And yes, even TikTok.